That's right. We are so thankful you're here today. I, I actually have a message today that I'm going to share with you that if you actually take this to heart, you know the scripture tells us to not just be hearers but doers of the word. And if you take this message today and you apply it to your life, it will change your future. We're going to be talking about I declare. I declare. You see, our words are the steering wheel to our lives. Our words are actually steering wheels to our lives. And God, when I was reading through even Genesis 1, in verse 3, verse 9, verse 11, it says, and God said, and God said, and God said. Now why is it that that was pointed out that he had to use words? I mean, he's God. He could have just said... And it would have been. But God spoke that out. And I think that sometimes we go through that passage so quickly in all of what he did, but we forget the vehicle that he used and said, God said, he spoke. Amen. It's the words. We're actually creating our world also with our words. Proverbs 18.20 says, From the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. By the fruit of our lips, we're satisfied. I've read many commentaries that says the stomach is a man's conscience, is, is his being, is his well-being. But you know, I, I, love, I love fruit. I really do. <laughs> I love M&Ms, but I love fruit too. And you know, good words are like good fruit. And if you come over to our house and say, hey Danny, thanks for coming today. Would you like some fruit? And he's like, yeah, I sure would. And I'm like, man, you look great today. It's so We are honored to have you in our house today. You are such a fine young man. We're, 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 just, we're, we're richer just knowing you. It's, it's good fruit. It's, it's good word. It builds him up. But if, if we had him come over and, and um, we, we bring out some of the not-so-desirable fruit, and sometimes our words are, are not-so-desirable. It's not rotten yet, but it's not our best. Sometimes our words are, are a little biting, or, or they're a little tearing down, or, or a little critical. I read something this week that says, never talk about somebody unless they're in the room with you. I thought, wow, would that radically change the church? Would that radically change our society? But sometimes we give out this fruit that's just a little ripe, a little past due, and this is the best that we've got. Because maybe we grew up in a house that this was the best words that we ever received. So as parents, all we know how is just to constantly criticize and critique them. You know, if you would just be a little smarter like your cousin, or if you could run a little faster like the other kids on your team. You know, if, if you would sing, if you would practice more, maybe you could be a better singer. They may be trying to say that, but it's not coming in love, and those will shape a young person's life. Right. It could be even a, a person in your workplace could, could be constantly critiquing you and tearing you down. It could be a, another student at your school or a teacher that's constantly criticizing and tearing you down, and they're forming their world, and they're, they're impacting your world. But what's sad is that I truly believe that there are a lot of older people in the body today that have already committed verbal suicide. They've already spoken so much of what they can't do, why God doesn't love them, why they are not worthy to receive His love and grace. They're ignoring what the Word of God says. It is by grace we are saved. And they're constantly trying to go through works. They're constantly trying to achieve happiness. 
They also feel that if they get this, this will bring them happiness. And we know that happiness is temporary. The joy of the Lord is permanent. But happiness is temporary. You can get a new car and after a while it's going to be an old car. You can get a new house and after a while you're going to need repairs. You can get a new boyfriend or girlfriend and guess what? They're going to get to know you. Our words will either promote us or destroy us. This is really coming down. Our words can promote us or destroy us. What you think about yourself are still words. What do your words say about you? What are our words proclaiming? What are we declaring every day? Psalms 107 verses 1 and 2 tells us this. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His gracious love exists forever. Let, verse 2, let those who have been redeemed by the Lord declare it. Amen. Did you see this? Declare it. Your, verse, your Bible may say, may they say so. It says, for those whom he redeemed from the power of the enemy. Now this passage doesn't say, those who have been redeemed by the Lord hope so. <laughs> or those that have been redeemed of the Lord wish that they could be so. What it's saying here says the redeemed of the Lord should say so. Amen. That means I'm declaring something. God saved me. He changed my life. He radically took me from a sinful nature and brings me more and more into his presence. Am I perfect? No. Am I better than what I used to be? Yes. But I still have a ways to go. But I need to declare what God has done in my life. Because that's what the scriptures are telling us. To declare that we have been redeemed. We have been saved. Our lives have been radically changed. Amen? Amen. God is constantly willing to hold his part when we start declaring his promises. Amen. His blessings. These are shouting orders from God. If you read the scriptures, these are our shouting orders. We should be telling everyone we know that we have been redeemed. What God has done in our lives. What, how God has saved us. You know, when Dino gets up and he gives his testimony, and uh, what a great testimony it is. But it encourages. It encourages everyone that God never gives up on us. God never gives up on our marriages. God never gives up on our relationships. He loves us because of his grace and his mercy. It's so evident in the word of God that our words are important. Now I'm doing a sermon time out here because I, I want to get everyone's attention on this. I'm interjecting something that I wanted to talk to you about just for the next two minutes that are very important. Because I've been telling you that God has been putting in my heart that we are into and the beginning of a new spiritual season. It didn't just happen to start on January 1st. It's a spiritual season. How God works in seasons. I've been talking to you about how God works through seasons. There are seasons of growth and there's the season of wintertime when things die off. We have to understand the way God moves. Right. And I believe that we're in a spiritual season. I believe that in this season we are going to see God's presence more than we've ever encountered it before. Yeah. I believe also that we're going to see an increase in revelation. I also feel that the manifestations, get this, the manifestations of our words are going to come so much more faster than we've ever encountered before. 
So those of you that are using your words to build up, to declare God's goodness, you're going to see it almost like a meal being microwaved. What used to take hours in the oven are now going to take minutes in the microwave. But also... Those of you who have been speaking the negative, and I just never understand, and I just won't be able to do this, you're going to see that evident also. This season is coming, and it is upon us, and it's important that we understand God's presence, God's revelation, and the importance of our words. Now I'm timing back out, okay? See, something supernaturally happens when we declare something. I'm telling you, something supernaturally happens when you declare. You may walk into a bad situation and you need to start declaring God's promises in that situation. It's so important for us as born-again believers to take the love and the light of Jesus Christ into all of our environments and not cower in the back wall and just say, I just need to get out of this place. You need to go to the front of that place. Those people need Jesus more than any other situation going on right now and he's placed you in that work environment he's placed you in that neighborhood you may hate your neighbors but God establishes the places of your habitation you may not like your work but God is using them God is always our source but God is using them to be your provision you may not like your family members tough the thing is you need to pray for them God placed you in that lineage Well, if I could have just been two generations ago, man, life was so much more simpler. There was no internet and there was no... You know what? We would have found things to complain about back then. The flies are worse this year. Is this as hot? Is this cold? What? We always have found something to murmur about. So don't wish that it was some other time. God has created you for such a time as this. He's brought people into your life for a reason. For you to declare what God is doing in all of our lives. When we declare things in front of other people, it may be a coworker, it may be another student, it may be a, a, a family member, but when they see you declaring it, they're seeing you exercise your faith, and when God performs it, it's a testimony. There have been many times, that even in my work situation, I've said, Kristen, this, this isn't right, but I'm, I'm going to be the head in this situation. I'm not going to be the tail. God is our source and God is our strength. And I've declared those things. And when we experience that as a married couple, we both get encouraged in that. Even this week in the car, one of the kids just even said, you know what, I was praying that God would heal a part of their body. And they said, the moment that I finished praying, it stopped hurting. And there was almost like a shock, like, well, you know, God, I know that you need a little time for this to take place, and I'm giving you, like, extra so many hours. It was an instant healing in their body. And everyone in the car's faith just went up. You just sensed it. Everyone's like, that's great. Because it was physically hurting, and it physically stopped hurting right as they finished their prayer. Everyone shared in the victory of that. We need to declare the good things Not only in the morning, throughout the day. It might even be a moment-by-moment situation. You get a memo that your boss would like to see you, or the teacher wants to see you, or a situation. You start declaring God's goodness right then and there. And you might have to go moment-by-moment-by-moment. I thank you, Father God, that you go before me. You give me favor in the presence of this person. I thank you that you'll guide and direct my steps. My words are your words. I ask for forgiveness of anything that I've done, God, but thank you that you are going before me. 
Do you know how much peace that brings into your situation? Because what it's doing is I'm saying, I'm not going into that meeting alone. I'm bringing heavenly host into this situation. I'm bringing the greater one that resides inside me into this situation. I'm reassuring myself. And there might be a coworker in the other cubicle thinking, what are they doing? But when you come out of that meeting and you've been promoted or there's been a raise or whatever the case may be, they'll quickly associate what your declaration has been and what God has done in your life. And when God does it, give God the praise. You see, what happens is we're like, woohoo, I got the promotion. All those long hours. No, it wasn't your long hours. It was God's favor in your life giving you that promotion. So thank him for the many things that he does for us all throughout the day. Well, you know what? If it, there's an earthquake and God saves my house, I will be out in the front yard praising him. Why don't we thank him that we haven't had an earthquake shaking down our house? Why don't we give him thanks that he protects us? That we were not in a traffic accident that day or that we did not lose our jobs? Well, now that's getting kind of radical. No. God oversees every part of our lives. We need to get into a habit of declaring God's goodness. We need to get into a habit of declaring God's goodness. We need to get into a habit of declaring God's goodness. He's moved. He's moved when we put our dependence on him. He knows that we're in a position to receive. We're activating our faith. I'm not teaching a name it, claim it philosophy. I'm just saying the favor, the promises of God are yes and amen. And they're ours because of the blood of Jesus on the cross. We can come into the presence of God and say, Abba, Father, in the name of Jesus. We have a joint account with him. But we're not declaring anything. And what we are declaring might be all the negative things of this. I knew I wasn't going to get that promotion. Nothing ever good happens for me. It's part of my family. Might as well bring out the bad fruit if you're going to be eating that for lunch. Right? Make banana. Even the smallest blessing from God can radically change your life. Even the smallest blessing can radically change your life. We have to recognize and give praise and declare. What happens when we declare and speak out God's goodness? However you want to do it, okay? You can toot God's horn. Or you can toot your own. That's right. When you declare God's goodness, I said it's supernatural, but there's two parties that are listening. There's your heavenly father, and there's your spiritual enemy, Satan, who totally hates you because you were made in the image of God. And every time he sees you, he sees God. And he knows the power and the potential in you. They both are hearing your declaration. And what happens is, as you start declaring and your faith gets stronger, Satan says, you know what? I was going to mess with this family. But they're too whacked. I'm, I'm just... I'm going over here because they don't know the power of the word of God. Come on, that's Come on. It. But when we keep our mouth shut, 
when we start focusing on all the things that Satan is doing, whether it's through the economy or our government or our political leaders or world powers or starving people in other countries that are affecting us, all of a sudden we're opening ourselves up for more of the attack of the enemy. 1 Peter 5 eight says, Keep your mind clear and be alert. Your opponent, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion as he looks for someone to devour. We need to make it a priority in our lives as born-again Christians. Make it a habit to wake up every morning declaring God's goodness. That he has given us another day of life. It may be a Monday, but you know what? There are people that passed away Sunday night that would have given anything for your Monday morning. Come on. I just don't like Mondays. Sorry, God gave them to you, okay? Why don't you turn that around and say, you know what? I love my Monday mornings. God's going to do something supernatural in my life today. Make it a priority. We should get used to saying things like, I am the head and not the tail. That should be a part of our everyday vocabulary. I am the head and not the tail. I say that scripture sometimes when I'm driving and I'm trying to find a parking lot. When I'm looking around for things, I say, Lord, I'm the head and not the tail. You're not going to give me junk. Amen. God is also going to show me favor today and bless me. Amen. Have you ever thought of this prayer? Father, your word says that I should lend, I'll be able to lend and not have to borrow. So would you give me the resources that I can lend to others? Come on. Have you thought about that? I mean, it's, it's in the Word of God. Amen. But a lot of us don't have the resources to be able to lend. You have to have it, right? For me to give right. Dino $100, I've got to physically have it. But we're kind of just, you know... <laughs> that, that wasn't an analogy. <laughs> but I do have a banana. <laughs> there you go. I knew what he was going to do right after this message was over. Hey, <laughs> we need to thank him for all that we are doing, all that he is doing in our lives, all that he is bringing us through. Did you get that? All that he is bringing us through. Every person you meet is going through a situation. But God is still faithful. God is still faithful. We need to thank him for our healing. You may not be feeling totally healed, but say, Father, I thank you that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus, according to Isaiah. I thank you, Father, that at the name of Jesus, all sickness must bow. Lord, I thank you that you're going to be our provision with this bill that's coming due. We don't have it, but we know that with you all things are possible. And we thank you in advance. And then go to bed with a clear conscience, knowing that God is able to work without worrying and striving on our own. Here's our declaration that I've been sending out to my family. We've been going through a book called I Declare. And I just thought I'd read. This was the Burkhardt Declaration for this last week. I declare God's supernatural favor over my life. What I could not make happen in my own, God will make happen for me. Supernatural opportunities, healing, restoration, and breakthroughs are coming my way. I am getting stronger, healthier, wiser, more hair. I will discover, that was just my part, I will discover talent that I did not know that I had, and I will accomplish my God-given dream. This is my declaration. 
Now, every one of my family members got that as an email. They've been getting these declarations so that we can all be declaring them as a family at the same time. We are seeing the fruit from these declarations. We are seeing the power of all of us coming together and speaking what God's promises have done. When you speak that, you're also prophesying. You're declaring good things over your life, over your family. And you know what? Both God and Satan are both seeing this. Matthew 7, 7, 8 tells us this. Ask and you will receive. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks will receive. The one who searches will find. And the one who knocks, the doors will be opened. What God is trying to tell us in this passage here is that we are not to rely on anyone else or anything else but Him. What we have done is we have turned our attention to other gods or other situations or other sources to be our hope, our strength, our provision. God is our source. God is our strength. God is our healing. God is our provision. We need to seek, knock, find scriptures to stand on and declare it in our lives. Amen. Amen. See, when we put our hope in the government, yeah. I'm going to tell you, even when you put your hope in family members, they're going to disappoint you. Man will fail you, but God will never fail you. I don't care how great the agency is or how great your name is. People will fail you. God will never fail you. Amen. Spiritual leaders that have spoken in front of hundreds of thousands of people through television have failed us. But God has never failed us. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word does not change, but it can become alive through a rhema word in us if we'll spend time in it and we'll start declaring it. I hope that you're grasping what I'm laying down here because your words can radically change starting today your situation. And what will happen is the enemy's going to come in and say, you know what, that was stupid. What are you doing? You're declaring this. And it isn't going to happen. That's why you got to declare it again. Amen. Every time you have that thought, declare it again. There are times that you have to do the exact opposite of what your flesh is telling you to do. You have to push through in the spirit. There's times where you don't feel like going for a walk and praying. There's times you don't feel like worshiping. That's when you have to do it ever more so. And you may feel like you're just going through the routine, but God sees that your faith is being active. There have been times I felt like I don't want to go for a walk with God. But I went. And I probably mumbled a little, like, okay, I'm going to go. Okay, God? And if there's something supernatural you want to do in my life, then do it. Wow. What an invitation that would have been. You know? Like if I was trying to woo Kristen and I'm wanting to get her out on a date. See, I got very creative when I wanted to ask her out on dates. When I was away, I sent her flowers just so all the other guys know, hey, don't even go there, okay? <laughs> all right? But when I came, I, I, I tried to entice her to want to spend time with me. Are we doing that with God? God, I just, I want to I spend time with you so badly today because I love you. Not because of what you can do for me, but because of what you've already done for me. If you don't do another thing in my world, I am so thankful that I am not the person I used to be. That you are my strength, you are my hope, you are my peace, you are my joy, you are my love. Continually, continually speak those things. Declare them.
what the Lord has said and what he's going to do for you today. Remember that we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We walk in his favor. We walk in his blessings. When we declare we're opening up the heavens above us, we're opening up the heavens in the situation. We're opening up the heavens in our workplace, in our school, in our neighborhoods. We're opening up in that relationship that seems so cold and hardened. We're opening up the heavens in that because we're declaring by faith that God can do exceedingly, abundantly above more than we can ever ask or think. Our words are either going to promote us or destroy us. It's either going to build that relationship or tear it down. It's either going to raise your children to be champions or to be victims. That's how powerful our words are. Probably many of you are thinking, you know, even the Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. How many times has somebody been executed because of the power of words, of a testimony? But how many lives have been turned around from a mentor or somebody who has encouraged them about what they can do? A good coach, a good teacher, a great parent that's constantly building them up, telling them that they can excel in everything that they do. Power in our words. Our bodies, I'm telling you, are not going to feel like declaring anything tomorrow at 6.30 a.m. in the morning. I get up at 6.25 and sometimes the first things I, uh, but every time when I do step, I said, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. But I've started to declare things. I've started to speak things out. I'm telling you from testimony, it doesn't always come easy at 625 in the morning. <laughs> but it will become natural for you. You have to push through what your body's not wanting you to do. There's times your body wants to moan and groan. Don't allow it. Speak the scriptures. Psalms 81.10 tells us, For it is I, the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it with good things. Man, fill it with good things. That doesn't seem like the rotten banana that I've got there. It's the good things. You can't let your body dictate how you're going to feel. If you allow your body to dictate how you feel, you will shut down at some point. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by the victor that's living in me. That's a poem. Just realize that. I should. Start Mark Hall cards. See? Hallmark. Never. Never. So what kind of declarations are you making in your life? What kind of declarations are you saying over your children, over your work, over your life, over your gifts and abilities, over your calling? What are we declaring? Every one of us should make it a priority. I've noticed that a lot of times we can believe in healing for others when it's hard for us to believe in healing for ourselves. We can believe that God can do breakthrough for other people, but we're not seeing breakthrough in our lives. That's when we need to start declaring, God, I know that you're no respecter of persons. My first prayer is, if there's anything in me, God, that's displeasing, if there's any sin in my life, please forgive me. Open up my heart and my eyes to your ways so that I may walk in your love. And I thank you for blessing. I thank you for loving. I thank you for healing this body. I thank you for giving this body strength. 
our words are like fertilizer to our faith. I don't know if you've ever used miracle Grow, but they'll show you pictures of what a plant can look like with miracle Grow and without it. And although both of them are plants, and they're somewhat recognizable, the one that has miracle Grow is strong and beautiful, and the color's vibrant, and there's a lot of them. And the other one that didn't have miracle Grow is kind of like just looking at you like... <laughs> 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 and water alone isn't going to do that. I mean, water's not going to make it that beautiful, strong plant. Our words are fertilizer to our faith. When we start declaring what God is wanting to do in our lives, all of a sudden our faith starts getting encouraged. And we start getting some boldness in our faith. We start declaring, we start speaking to some businesses that are tearing down people's lives and saying, you know what, I just come against that spirit that's inside that building. Right. You do that? Yes. Why? Because the greater one's inside of me. That's called spiritual warfare. When you've got businesses in your community that have no windows and they don't want you to know what's going on and you kind of know what's going on, you need to start declaring some things about them. That they will be gone. Whatever has been attracting will not attract. I have spoken that over people that have addictions. That what they've been addicted to will sicken in their stomach. And they've come back and said, yeah, thanks for the prayer. But you know what? They're no longer addicted to that because they asked me to pray and I declared. God is able to do that. Amen. Are we expecting God to fill us with increase beyond measure? If our constant thoughts are, I can't, then I'm going to tell you, your life outcome be, will be, you won't. I can't do that. I can't learn a, a new language. I can't learn to play a musical instrument. I can't figure that out on the computer. You pretty much just defined the limits of what you're allowing God to do in your life. Matthew 9.29, as I'm starting to close, is about a passage where Jesus is healing too. And Jesus said, according to your faith, it will be done unto you you look at that passage, it's kind of interesting. According to your faith, be it unto you. What Jesus was saying is, you know what? If you have a cup full of faith, I'm going to fill that cup. If you have a bucket full of faith, I'm going to bring you a bucket full of, of provision. In fact, if you're bold enough to go dig a valley full of ditches, if you remember that message two weeks ago, even in the dry valley, if you'll dig those ditches, I have the provision to be your source. According to your faith, be it unto you. God has more resources than we'll ever need in our entire life. Have you ever thought about that? God has more resources than we'll ever need in our entire life. We need to make God a partner in our lives. We need to make God a partner in our business. We need to make God a partner in our relationship. He needs to be a partner in our home. He needs to be a partner in the way we think, the way we speak. What happens is when you start declaring and you see your faith increasing, your dreams start growing. Your dreams start growing of what God can do through you. That's right. 
and for you. You see the order that I place that through you so you can be a blessing to others. Because we seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. This isn't a give me, give me, give me message. This is blessing us so that we can be a blessing to others. That our words will build up. That we'll actually attract people because of our fruit of our lips. People in your workplace will want to be around you because of what you say. Your school, your neighborhood, your family will want to be with you because of the faith that they're seeing as you declare each day. I will get that promotion. I will be able to provide for my family. I will walk in health. I thank you, Father God, that nothing is too difficult for you. We need to believe him for those supernatural opportunities to come into our lives. But all of this starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Kristen was telling me a devotion that she read and was talking about love the Lord your God based on the law. Love, your God, love the Lord your God with all your soul and your heart. But that was under the law. Jesus came, lived a sinless life, laid his life down, and died in perfect love. And that was grace. It's hard to fulfill the law, but it's easy to walk in grace. But we have to understand God's grace. The Word of God says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Which means He loves you the way you are right now. He loves you the way you are right now. And He's willing to come into your life and change your life if you'll only accept Him as your Lord and Savior. We have a lot of people that have a relationship with Jesus Christ just because of life insurance. They don't want to go to hell when they die. But they don't mind living in hell before they die. Jesus wants to give us the best. But it all comes through a relationship. I'd like to lead everyone in a very simple prayer. With all heads bowed, all eyes closed, would you all repeat this? But if there's someone here today that needed this message, while we're praying this, I also want you to be praying, God, would you forgive me for the words that I've been speaking? for the rotten fruit that I've been putting out for others to try to eat. Would you make the fruit of my lips be pleasing not only to you but to others? May they be the very best and not the very worst. Let us pray. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. And I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave to give me life. Please forgive me. Change my life. Change my words. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I now confess Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I'm saved. Amen. I hope you understood today's message. What we declare is what we're going to see. And I want us to declare God's goodness, God's favor, God's message, His promise that you've been standing on. Get into His Word. Get, take one of our Bible promise books and start looking under the passage. If you need healing, there's healing scriptures. If you need provision, there's provision scriptures. If there's hope, peace, forgiveness, joy, stand on a scripture and stand on that passage and start declaring it every day. I thank you that the joy of the Lord is my strength. 
And all of a sudden, you're going to start sensing more joy coming into your life. Wherever there's weakness, go for that scripture for strength and start declaring and speaking that out. Instead of saying, I'm so tired all the time, start speaking, I'm strong in the Lord. Instead of saying, I'm so just tired of, of being broke, just say, Lord, I thank you that you're my source, you're my strength. You're my peace. You're my provision. Man is not my provision. You're my provision. And thank you for giving me favor. I'd like to speak a blessing over you as we dismiss. So if you'd please stand. Also, before I, I release, I wanted to announce that uh, Rob Johnson is going to be meeting tomorrow at 2 o'clock with Mayor Cluck, our mayor of Arlington. And he's asking for favor in that meeting. I'd like for him to know that there are a lot of people speaking favor over that situation. He's going to be talking about how Pays can come in and help mentor some of the students in Arlington ISD. And he's got favor with this mayor. So can we all just also tomorrow at 2 o'clock be speaking, Father, I thank you that Rob and Karen have favor, that Pays as an organization has favor, that lives are going to be changed, generations are going to be changed because of this meeting that's happening at 2 o'clock. There are generations that are about to meet Pays and be encouraged because of what the apprentices can do. But wouldn't it be great to know, as Rob and Karen knows as a church family, that we're speaking those things. Even if you have to put in your calendar, reminder, 1.30, start speaking the good promises over Rob, Pays, the city of Arlington, and all that's about to happen in that meeting. Let's pray real quickly for him. Father, we thank you that as Rob and Karen go into the presence of Mayor Cluck, that favor goes before them, that you will give him the words to say that Mayor's heart is already open and receptive. Father, we thank you that doors will open that are supernatural, that are not of man, but we know that are of you. And because of this meeting, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of lives will be changed in Arlington ISD. We thank you, Father, that you are faithful to be complete what you've began in their life, in their ministry, and we thank you for favor in Jesus' name. And according to God's word, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Go in his peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming today. We love you so very, very